Hello and welcome back to Reading of the Beers, where we chat about and discuss all sorts of movies. My name is Gary O'Brien, and joining me as always for the monthly release recaps, it is my very good friend, Mr. David Scanlon. Today we're talking about the latest movies of July 2023, so stick around, we hope you enjoy. Whoa, episode 100! That's everything. I don't know, yeah, it's 100 yeah. episodes, David. Everyone was like, what are you doing? Are you a big spectacular? And I was just like... I'm kind of a busy man. I wouldn't mind if we just stick to the usual programming. Keep it simple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep it simple. Keep but it like, safe. what What a month. The biggest month in cinema ever. Yeah. I mean, like, it's been coming for a while. You know, this... July. The cinematic... It sneaks up every cin- year after June. The cinematic release over the summer. And it's... I mean, there's been so much hype, so much build-up, and... Is this what this feels like? <laughs> to, have, to have such a long wind-up of a joke. <laughs> I feel like we just weren't prepared for for what was to come, mm-hmm. and with such talent involved, <laughs> like it's just Outlaws finally <laughs> on Netflix. Scary, it's finally here. Yeah, everyone was like Barbie and Oppenheimer. I was like, not me. <laughs> I'll be rewatching the Outlaws for the third weekend in a row. Sorry, uh, yeah, I just I was doing you. You you yeah, did that. Do, you usually do, do that. That's how I was sitting there like, wow, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> That was that was all I cool. got. Let's just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, there's some good movies this month. Yeah, this is this is this is a this is a juicy month yeah. of movies because there's a lot of drama on the screen but off the screen as well with this. Not movie. a lot of volume. No, not a lot of what am I quantity, but a lot quantity, of quality. A lot of quality. I will say there was just some stuff I wasn't asked with this month, like yeah. Elemental, and they they cloned Tyrone. There was another horror movie that came out. There's that big one that's very controversial in the states at the moment. The Fourth of July one. Uh, Sound of Freedom yeah is that 4th of July based it came out in 4th of July oh okay I thought it was about 4th so, of July it's made a lot of money on the 4th of yeah. July we're not covering it because of uh, political reasons definitely not because I no <laughs> idea how to watch it <laughs> uh, yeah no the, that just seemed to creep up but it's just appeared which on the, the Sound of Freedom thing Sound of Freedom yeah ah, it just yeah. turned up on 4th of July and made a lot of money yeah Americans being Americans there you go um, but yeah the movies we're talking about today my god we've got so many great ones we're talking about Oppenheimer Barbie Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1, and The Outlaws. Why are we doing The Outlaws? Because three's an odd number. And I, I'm I'm um, superstitious that way. And also The Outlaws of Spears Brothers in it, so there's no way that wasn't being, uh, no way that wasn't being covered. If you want to jump around, this time counts. Uh, time codes. Time codes. Yes, in the description. But also, uh, yeah, and I'll talk about that in a sec. You can listen on Spotify, which you're probably already doing. I don't know why I need to bring that up at the top. I've done this a hundred times. I'm still bad at it. Um, oh yeah, YouTube. Oh yes, no. I me- me- remember why it says mention Spotify or YouTube because if you want to, if you want to communicate with the podcast, you can. There's a Q and A in Spotify. Yep. There's the YouTube comment section, or there's an email, or my address, which is <laughs> might beep that out. <laughs> um, but um, before we actually get into the, any, into the movies today, actually. Um, we're just going to talk a bit of Barbenheimer, just the phenomenon that is Barbenheimer, mm. and that's in the time code. So if you that's just right. want to get straight to the movies, you yeah. can. But like, we've been going to see movies for a very long time, David. Yeah. Since uh, Scorsese first did that snort of cocaine, we've been we've been cinema goes. Yeah. And uh, I don't think I've experienced anything like this. No. And I think the last time something like this happened was maybe around Infinity War or Endgame. Yeah. This has been the biggest cinema event in recent times. Definitely since COVID. Yes. Um. Uh, but one thing I would like to say is let's never do that again. Let's never. Why? Uh, no. Why? No. Because as a, an ongoing cinema goer, <laughs> Here we go. as a cinema goer who regularly attends the cinema, yeah, it has always been very handy that you know if you go, you can 
you can guarantee yourself that you will, you know, you can book your seat. You can. You no, okay. I get, I get what you're coming from. Like, it's just like, you I'll, don't... I'll just give you an example. Okay. Is that like, on the weekend those two movies come out, I was very busy. You were away. Yeah, I was away. And it would have been nice if, you know, came home Sunday afternoon and I just flicked open my Omnipass or Omniplex app and just like, oh, yeah, there's some seats available in whether it be Barbie, whether it be Oppenheimer. Yeah. And just, okay, happy days. Just see it at, you know, eight o'clock on a yeah. Sunday evening. It wasn't possible. Now, but would you not say that's unbelievable for the cinemas? Oh, it's great. But my other issue is that people don't understand how to act in the cinema. Oh, well, yeah, that's of course that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. But but this is a way to get them into the cinema. Yeah. And then, you know, maintain standards. I know we sound like two grumpy old men, but COVID was a beautiful time where yeah. everyone shut the fuck up, they stayed away, and they were off their phones. Yeah. And then people get, we sound like such a grumpy old men. But it's just like, then when COVID was over, everyone was used to watching movies at home on their couch by being on their phone and talking to people. Yeah. And then those people are kind of coming to the cinema and they just won't shut the fuck up. Yeah. No, I, I mean, you can... You can um, apply this logic to a lot of different things. You know, how to act in a restaurant, mm-hmm. how to act yep. in a public I, setting. I always find the best way to act in a restaurant is if you click your fingers like, waiter! <laughs> Everyone looks at you and they're like, he's cool. Every time. You always get service. Never uh, never give a tip. You get your food really fast and also it like has a weird saliva taste. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just found like, the specific, specifically for those two movies, there was just a lot of people just being like, hey, look at me, I'm yeah. at Barbie, yes. and videoing stuff, and texting their friends, and being like, I'm at Barbie, I'm at Oppenheimer, look at me, yeah. I'm back in the cinema, because yeah. I'm so good. I know someone who hadn't been to the cinema in eight years, and, this, and Barbie was the first thing they saw. No one cares. I know no one cares, but I love, I'm like, what's great about this? And I agree with you, the, it's the behavior of the, the transaction yeah. is annoying. But, isn't it great to see two writer-directors with original stories and premises and unique stories mm. making millions and billions of dollars and studios being like, oh, turns out maybe making a Mission Impossible that movie that was the same as the last one and also releasing another Transformers movie doesn't make a lot of money. But when you actually apply a lot of, you know, thought and creative process in it and put good talent behind it, it's almost like we should support the unions. Like, that was the message I yeah. took from this. When, like, uh, Lighthouse Cinema in Dublin put up a thing to say they've had their best week ever this weekend yeah. and I agree with you I was very apprehensive going opening weekend I didn't because I was worried for what you said I was worried people would just go to it as an event and not actually go to watch a movie which has been the case with yeah. other, in other times but the fact that like we couldn't get a seat until like Friday, Thursday and it was people actually watching a movie mm. I've not seen anything like that in a while where people are actually struggling to get tickets to watch a movie yeah. not to brag about it after opening weekend yeah just like to get in love that that's yeah. that's what I took from this weekend I was very cynical last month about it because I was very very worried about the behaviour behaviour but like th- this was great I like I, I guarantee you Hollywood will get the wrong idea from this <laughs> exactly. and they won't learn from this we need to add pink and bombs <laughs> yeah. to all our movies and like I'd hate it but also like I don't think Oppenheimer would have the same success it had without it being against Barbie yeah, I feel like I, the I, two have worked ta- er, in tandem. Beautifully. Almost, like, it's, yeah. It was the fourth biggest box office weekend of all time. Yeah. The, That's unbelievable. The other thing we would advise is don't... Do not, do not see them. Do not about. see them at the same... The whole... Yeah, that's another... That's that's what we're talking about. The yeah. eventness of... Of of, of Barbenheimer. Yeah. These are two... These are two great, unique movies that need to, need to be appreciated... Separately. In their own time, in yeah. separately, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't even have an order to watch them in because I, I think it's counterintuitive to watch either after the other. 
Yeah. Uh, other things I took from this weekend, I was trying to um, combine the two stars. So I was con- trying to combine the two stars names together, <laughs> like Barbenheimer. Mago Murphy. Mago Murphy, that would be right. But then I was also trying to do it with the directors. And it turns out if you put the directors together, you just get Christian Wig. Thought about that in the shower. Thought about that in the shower. I was, I was like, <laughs> what meeting were you not paying attention to? <laughs> Um, but also another great thing about this weekend as well um, more to do with the success of the movies rather than the fact that they were both up against each other was we I love everyone attached to these movies behind mm-hmm. and in front of the camera and it was the best best opening for Chris Nolan outside of the Batman movie yeah. it was the best biggest box office open from a female director Margot Robbie's biggest highest grossing movie Ryan Gosling Killian Mert it's a I've never seen an event that has literally been win-win for everyone except yeah. for maybe me and my patients but again nobody really pissed me off which I was a big fan of except for some people in Barbie uh, because they arrived late and they stood up and I got to miss I missed one of the, the Derry girls but other than that <laughs> it's, it's 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 a magical moment in cinema I think and like, yeah. I, don't, like I, I don't think <laughs> like I said I don't think producers will learn from it no. I don't think I think it'll be replicated and failed I think we're going to see so many shitty like reincarnations and stuff reincarnations of like the marketing where people yeah. try and pit the two against each other because yeah. like don't, like you have to remember Barbie's Barbie's marketing didn't talk about Oppenheimer and Oppenheimer's marketing didn't talk about Barbie it, it was, was the just, internet yeah, the internet else. did this yeah. and as soon as a studio I think you said it to me someone said it to me it might have been Lily or own some some person said it to my face and I was like that's good but I'm not going to give you credit where it was like uh, as soon as a studio thinks they're on to something the internet yeah. is on with the internet turns on it. Yeah. The same way they did with Morbius. Yeah. Where they were like, everyone took the piss of Morbius and then suddenly were like, we'll put it back in cinemas and nobody went. Yeah. Whereas like, Barbie was its own thing, Oppenheimer was its own thing and everyone on the internet had a fun time pitting them against each other. And I also think as well, it's not fair to compare the two movies. No. I don't think you can say, well, Barbie's not a good movie because when you look at Oppenheimer, it's like this. Yeah. Two different movies. Two completely different yeah. movies. Two completely different target audiences. Two completely different, you know, Genres. Genres, vibes. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Run times. Yeah. Uh, that is probably one thing I, I want to highlight is that um, just when you were mentioning the cast there, there's like, I understand obviously there's a lot of, like Matt Damon's a superstar, Ryan Gosling's a super, but like, it wasn't the names that got you in. No. It was, it was more the movies themselves and the directors as well. That being um, said though. Yeah. Couldn't imagine anyone in, Anyone other than Killian Murphy, yeah. anyone other than Ryan Gosling, anyone other than Margot Robbie. Robbie. Yeah. Like, you yeah. Can, those movies aren't those movies With, without, without them. Those. Yeah. Which is a very obvious statement. But, but it, it's just it's just uh, more, I just want to mention how Hollywood has flipped from being like, oh, I have to go see that Will Smith movie or I have to go see that Dwayne Johnson yeah. movie to being more I hear about, he's I hear he's in an off-white tee fighting a big thing. Yeah. Um, but, to being more about, you know, the collective, but also film and the director and stuff like well know. yes and no in the sense like th- there is that discussion around the movie star is dead yeah there's no such thing as a movie star anymore but I would argue that directors are the new movie stars yeah because everyone would go see the new Jordan Peele the new Christopher Nolan mm. the new um Wes Anderson nope well him too well <laughs> if you want to waste your time the new uh the new Tyler Spindle he did the outlaws um so nice. yeah, so yeah. Anyway, I like I just wanted to I wanted to be able to talk about this phenomenon, phenomenon, phenomenon with, without having to talk about the movies themselves. Yeah, I thought that was just, separately. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I'm happy about it, and I love so many people I know. <laughs> one liked my Barbie review because I was like, ah, 
you know me in person, but you don't follow or keep up to date movies, but you clearly went to go see Barbie. So you're like, ah, a movie I've seen. Yeah, I like that exactly, review. Yeah. Um, so yeah, ah, look, power to it. Love it. And yeah. do you know what the best part about all this is? You know who the only loser is? I said it was a win-win-win. Tom Cruise loses. Tom Cruise And that's kind of funny. <laughs> He's Mr. Positive. He's yeah. like, I saved cinema. And then cinema fucking bent him over <laughs> and said, no premium screens for you. Yeah. I feel like that was a bad idea putting... Uh... Swap it with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. They're the same studio. Same studio. Yeah. But then again, they would have been bad because the writer's strike. Because... Yeah. Who cares about Mission Impossible unless you hear from all the actors being all like, Tom Cruise is insane. <laughs> you know? Uh, but shall we start talking about the movies yep. or is there anything else you want to wrap up with um, no I think that's everything yeah. I think that's it yeah. I like to think I, could, I, like to think I, I, I just I just worry you know studios just going to get the wrong idea from this mm. and yeah we're just going to get pink and bombs <laughs> but also as well I, I think it's I think it's it's left such a vacuum in, in, in cinemas at the moment because I feel like everyone who's been back to the cinema is like, yeah, love going to the cinema. What's up next? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, but like, what can I see after Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? What's going to like, well, what's the next big, oh, the Meg 2. Okay, we're like after, oh, Gran Turismo. Uh, Blue Beetle. <laughs> it's just like, there's nothing good this month. So I think the two of them are just going to keep, keep raking rolling. the cash. Yeah. Because I think they're both very rewatchable movies. Yeah. I wouldn't rewatch them. No, I, I, I have heard that friends have said that the, I one specific friend said she went to see Barbie mm-hmm. was no not that she didn't like it but she was like like not hugely hyped about it but went to see it a second time and was like much more pleased with it more in the fact that like you're not worried about where the story is going okay. you're just kind of there to enjoy it yeah it's like a roller coaster yeah you know where the ups and downs are yeah you know where the water cannon comes and splashes in the face you know where the, f- the camera is oh yeah photo. oh yeah big time yeah why don't we do that we, we never we never take fun pictures on roller coasters, David. <laughs> I've known you for fifteen years. There's no roller coasters here in Ireland. This is the yeah, this is one in Tato Park. Mm, yes. Okay. One. I see how it is. <laughs> one in one. Tato Park. Yeah. So basically, we have the opportunity to go to 100 percent of the roller coasters in Ireland, and you've never taken me. The M50. That's a emotional, <laughs> no roller coaster. Emotionally, physically, <laughs> and mentally. And <laughs> um, speaking of um, movies. <laughs> 100 episodes, I haven't got any better at this. Speaking of a roller coaster. Speaking of a roller coaster, uh, the Barbie movie. Yeah. Is this me? Yeah. Oh, fuck, I said I'd do this. Okay. Hello, internet. Talk us, talk us Hello, internet. This is two white guys yeah, in, our, in our mid to late yeah, 20s just, talking about Barbie. Let's just clarify this straight away. <laughs> we are not the people to be talking about this. We are and we aren't. There's better voices. I'm sure there's other podcasts, but here's here's the interesting opinion of the guy you've listened to 100 episodes talking about the Barbie movie. Hey, you're not going to get anyone in to add a segment like I don't have time, David. Mm. And then I have to ask them, and then I have to edit it, and then they might be like, they might say something stupid, and I'll be like, well, that's not funny. And then all you know, it's down to 30 seconds. I'm like, what's the point? Because yeah, I right. don't value female voices, David. <laughs> <laughs> but you've seen Barbie. I've seen Barbie. Oh, that's a that's blank check carte blanche for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so, the Barbie movie. So, I guess what this movie is about is it is about... Uh, we meet our titular character, Barbie, and she is in Barbie Land. And all the residents of Barbie Land are Barbies and Kens. For the ease of this discussion, when I say Barbie, I mean Margot Robbie. And when I say Ken, I mean Ryan Gosling. The others in Barbies, Barbies and Ken, I'll refer to as the actor who's playing them because that's the only easy way to do this. So... 
Barbie uh, lives in Barbie land. She has Ken and Ken is just absolutely infatuated with her. That is his life. His job is beach and she's always having the best day ever. Think the Lego movie. But all of a sudden she starts to have these thoughts of death. She gets cellulite. That's a bit of a spoiler in a way, but it's to give you a sense of like things are looking like they're not perfect. So Barbie discovers from a character called Weird Barbie played by Kate McKinnon that there is a rift in the space-time continuum or something like that, yeah. or the, the 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 border between the realms or something, uh, that the the girl who is playing with this Barbie, Margot Robbie's Barbie, referred to as stereotypical Barbie, is having some negative thoughts. So it's up to Margot Robbie's Barbie to go into the real world, meet up with this girl, see what's wrong, try and, try and help her with her life, and then everything will be fine again. Because as far as everyone in Barbie land knows, Barbies have solved gender equality uh, gen- gender inequality and sexism in the real world by showing women how powerful they can be and they how can be they can be anything they want okay. um, so it's very hard to talk about this movie in a non-spoiler way so if you haven't seen it and you want to go in completely blind I would recommend skipping to The Outlaws <laughs> uh, but so we're going to we're going to spoil it's not even spoiling it it's kind of just telling you what the movie's about which the marketing doesn't let you on to believe so if you want to go completely blind skip it but basically this movie addresses a lot of um sort of societal inequalities between men and women it talks about the patriarchy it talks about um kind of mother-daughter relationships it talks about capitalism maybe not enough as you'd expect and also kind of has that fun um sort of fish fish out of water sort of comedy as well it's it it it, at times it is very smart very very clever and very witty it's also particularly very well acted like i said from margot robbie and ryan gosling there's also some great supporting characters in it and that i really enjoyed from kate mckinnon uh will ferrell uh america fiera i thought had a great performance in it with one speech in particular and um there's also uh, Rhea Perlman is in it as well in a very short role that I thought was absolutely scene-stealing. Uh, scene the visuals, unlike anything you've seen before, uh, it's this sort of, I, I think of it as like a cotton candy, cotton candy vomit all over this, uh, cotton candy and like, I don't know, ca- think Candy Crush. That's like the aesthetic of this movie. So there's some really strong visuals, uh, really impressive set design when you realise a lot of it was done pla- uh, practically. Um, that really kind of, sink you into the world of Barbie. My only complaint with this movie is um, that it's very cluttered. It has a lot to say and doesn't really give itself enough breathing space to say all that. Um, There's a lot of characters in it as well who represent different things and they're all given a... From the Ken and Barbie character kind of handling sort of men and women are kind of balanced out nicely but everything else is kind of very muddled together and it kind of falls apart a bit for me and the narrative plot rather than the sort of more abstract kind of story that's telling, gets a bit cl- gets a bit cluttered for me and just starts to fall apart a bit. But overall, it is a fun time in the cinema. Once you're aware, it has a lot of things. to. It's a lot of social commentary and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely fun time. Um, definitely one you could go see with the gals. Or oh, the pals, yeah. Depending. Um, I wouldn't take it too seriously even though it does have a lot of serious things to say. But, um, yeah, just I, 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 yeah, just to echo what you were saying, the, the cast, specifically the two leads, were, were, were brilliant. Production design is incredible, especially Barbie Land, just to see that place kind of come to life. Um, really feels like there's a depth to it that's like these Barbies and Kens have existed there for years rather than just like, as soon as you started watching it, it only existed. And it feels practical as well. It feels practical, yeah. It feels like everything they're they're touching is, is real kind of um 
real things or whatever. So my biggest issue with it is I I don't think the, the film is as as smart or as funny as I I think it thinks it is. Okay. Or that I think it could have been. Mm-hmm. As you say, it feels cluttered, but I also don't think it's saying enough, if that makes sense. It like it it definitely goes down that route of like sexism and gender inequality, which I think is absolutely fair enough. Like in a, in a in a Barbie movie, that's probably the right message to say. At at a point, I feel like it does get very preachy. But again, I don't know if that's the. Be- I, I'm not the person. No, I, I I yeah I I know the bit you're talking. I think yeah. I know the bit you're talking. Yeah, but and maybe that's the best way to explain it. Like Greta Gerwig might say, you know, look, they've tried this in so many different ways to be like subtle about it, but it's come to that stage where it's like no. We need to, we need to hit you over the head with it. Yeah. Um, speaking to I was speaking to Lily last night, and she she made a good point that it feels like there's a bit, whether it be in the middle or towards the end, or maybe even when they're um, in reality, where it feels like there's kind of pieces cut out, and whether it be Mattel or Warner Brothers, where they've they were maybe cutting, uh, cutting deep into yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. a capitalist kind of um, yeah, a jab of capitalism. Or a job at say Mattel themselves, and it feels like there's something kind of cut out there. Yeah, because Will Ferrell's character is kind of set up to be somewhat of a bad guy. Yeah, and then you kind of forget about him. Yeah, and then he's just kind of and then there he sprinkles the through like the ending. Yeah, um, and I feel like this was a, a really good opportunity to kind of dig in on on that kind of whole capitalist agenda and taking, especially like because the the Barbie character is technically being taken advantage of mm. by corporate america and stuff like that so i feel like that's something they kind of missed out on but again greta gerwig might say you know i I just wanted to focus on the the female gender inequality whatever um but yeah that was kind of just my biggest issue and then just at the end i feel like it kind of it just as you say gets a bit cluttered i like i feel like when uh, margot robbie's stereotypical barbie is the center of attention i feel like the movie is on a, a good kind of trajectory and then once it veers off that it just gets a little bit all over mm. the place. And I, I'm sure you, you remember like what, what I'm kind of talking about. Yeah, it just kind of lost me there because it, it just takes this kind of weird turn and focuses on other characters for a bit. And I was just like, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it, it felt unnecessary. It just felt like they, it kind of petered out. Yeah. So like, I think, I, I think, yeah. And I think one of the, one of the things that we meant, yeah, probably don't and cannot possibly enjoy as much as women in this movie is, the digs at the patriarchy. Yeah. I think we can relate to it. Of yeah. course we can. But I don't think we'll, we'll truly ever have the same level of amusement at the, the pot shots it takes at it. Yeah. And I think there's one scene in particular that I really enjoyed. America Fear speech. Yeah. Um, goosebumps. I had a really good time with that. But then like, and, again, and of course, it's pointing out how men have the advantage and it's easier and yeah. stuff like that. And then there's like, there's like a scene where they have to like go around to each of the Barbies and like say stuff to them. Yeah. And I was saying this to Avril yesterday where I was just like, it's just a lot of like, it's not anti-men. It's a lot, it's just a lot of digs at men, which are fair yeah. digs. But just as a man, you're just sitting there being like, oh, this is a lot. <laughs> I don't know if I found it that bad. It was more just like, yeah, okay, we've made your point. Oh, was he? I, I don't think it's making points. I think they're just jokes. Yeah. And I think they're, they're just good. They're, they are good jokes. Yeah, that's yeah. I, mean. I just don't think we yeah. are like, that is so funny. We're just like, oh shit, yeah, there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just feel bad. Yeah, like, don't but you? yeah. But that's what I mean. But it's just like, but that doesn't make the movie bad. Yeah. I just think that detracts from our enjoyment of it, but I can relate to it. Yeah, I was more kind of just uh, talking even beyond that. There was a fight scene. Or, uh, that's balls. Yeah. That's that whole, that whole, like, 
I don't know. If, I don't, is that funny? Yeah, I don't get I it. I don't get it. I, like, again, maybe, again, we're not ones to get it. But then there's also a dance scene dance after scene, that. Dance scene, yeah. What's that? I didn't really... I tuned out at that yeah. point because I... That's where I was just like, it kind of just peters yeah, out. Yeah, no, I And I, I really feel don't. like th- there was more interesting stuff to tell with Barbie, the Barbies. Yes, I agree. But what I really liked about this story it tells is it really balances the Ken and Barbie dynamic yeah. in it. And like, I, I really find it funny when I read all the comments about lads online who didn't like this movie. I'm like, you, like don't get offended. Yeah. Like, everyone's kind of... Yeah. Everyone's story is being told here one way or another. Yeah. But like what was really interesting everyone's kind of lo- everyone loves the, the Ken character mm. everyone's talking about Ken yeah. and I think that's kind of one it's bit, one it kind of amplifies the message of the Barbie movie in a way yeah. being like okay cool we just told a story about women yeah. never talks about Ken but what I will say is Ken's given all the fun things yeah. <laughs> he's like exactly, the fun yeah. dad yeah. in that he gets all the jokes but then again Margot Robbie's story she's the heart yeah. of that whole story yeah, and she doesn't so. have any big heart moments maybe a bit towards the end yeah. I, still, I still think Rhea Perlman steals that scene yeah. Um but then again, yeah, I think that's the interesting story. Yeah. And I thought what was somewhat annoying about the movie was everyone's a child. Like yeah. all the toys are children. Yeah. And that's the point in that they're the most naive. They have the most naive mindsets towards these sort of gender issues. Yeah. And that's that's the joke. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted someone to have a fucking serious conversation. <laughs> like yeah. I just wanted two people to have like like a normal conversation. I just needed Ken to just not be such an idiot for yeah. just like thirty seconds of realization toward the end of the movie or something. Yeah. Because I could never get on board with him. I, I don't. I didn't come away loving Ken as much no. as other people he did. Kind of annoyed me. And I'd see Leo's Ken. I felt like I, I, all of them kind of just annoyed me. Like I, his friend Alan, uh, not Alan. Uh, Alan I want to talk about Alan in a sec. Uh, but like you know his friend who's in Secret Invasion. Like I didn't yeah. really get like a. Is he supposed to be like the beta male kind of thing? I but I, he, and then so, this is my thing about this movie as well. Isn't that like there's a lot of messages in it, and a lot of characters represent different things, yeah. and a lot of sto- story points mirror different things. But then there's some shit that's just in it for the laughs, yeah. And that I find distracting, like that dance scene, yeah. And like Alan, Alan, what's yeah. Alan represent? What's the point of Alan yeah. other than a joke? And I just think in a movie that's trying to take itself seriously at sometimes, but then also be really stupid at other times it really leaves it feeling quite disjointed. And I think that's apparent when I read an article, or I read a tweet, <laughs> an article, like I read articles. Uh, you read t- Time magazine? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was reading a, a tweet. <laughs> I was reading 120 characters, or 240 characters, that said apparently Get- Greta Gerwig wanted to put in a, a fart sequence that only she found funny and the studio made her cut it. I'm like, oh, so you were just putting in stupid stuff with your intellectual stuff. So yeah. how am I supposed to know what's what? Yeah. Because I'm a stupid man. <laughs> yeah, like she could have represented like Alan could have been some sort of representation of like the general human being. Like he yeah. could've, he could have been just conscious of I everything. Love to be the normal person yeah. in Barbie Land. Or he could have been like, okay, you know, Barbie comes back from the re- real world, and he's like, you missed all this. Yeah, like, and just like, and not even don't even explain it. Just like tell a weird kind of anecdote about what's going yeah. on and stuff. Yeah, it was just he's, he's he kind of lost in it. He has like a fight scene in it. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I just didn't get that. And it was just all, it was just distracting from a more important story that I felt could have been told. But I agree, it doesn't go 100% because I think it probably went as hard as it could without yeah. feeling like it was complaining or to use lack of a worse term, nagging. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't think the movie is. About no, anything. no. It's, it's a beautiful blend of both, I yeah. think. Um, yeah. There's, yeah, there was just, yeah, I just feel like it just, it lent into the silly too much. Yeah. Which I know you don't like, which I usually like. But I, I don't mind it. It's just, it should have been, I just think it, it was like almost, it just wasn't blending correctly. 
Yeah, with I agree. The I, there was, there was something. It was the disjointedness in it, yeah. in the tone, which is weird to say about a Barbie movie because it's all bright and colourful yeah. throughout. But it was just there was something missing for me. Cast too big. Yeah, cut half of that. <laughs> yeah, I loved Will Ferrell's character, but we didn't need to see him for the whole movie. Yeah, he could have been a side character. Um, Kate McKinnon's best role since SNL. That's a. I, I don't know. <laughs> give me give me one other better role she's done since SNL. Besides know, I, maybe Bombshell, but like. I'm talking like Kate McKinnon killing Silly, it on screen. I don't, I don't know. I think she's great in this. Fair enough, yeah. Uh, could have done with more narration. I liked this. It was just some of the jokes I just really enjoyed. There was a good one about Margaret Robbie herself. Yeah. I enjoyed um, There was some There was some great jokes, like jabbed at men, which I really enjoyed. Like there's the one about the Justice League. Like that was great. Love that. The Godfather joke. Godfather joke. Isn't or, it great that I don't like the Godfather? I was playing, like, I could laugh at Playing that. guitar and stuff. That's... I just said, yeah. yeah I, I could have done with yeah, more of that. Yeah, there's a scene where Ken's like, I want to play guitar at you. Yeah. I just, I could have done with more of that and less of just like silly dancing and stuff. Yeah. No, that's fair. Because we're men. We don't like silly dancing. We like I horses. Don't, I don't mind silly dancing, but make it contextual. Yeah. It, the, the, the dance scene goes on. There's a dance scene. It goes yeah. on for far too long yeah. and it's, it doesn't really... Or if you're, if you're going to do it, make it relevant to like pop culture. You could have put it to like, I know this might make, be expensive, but like put it to the song Beat It. Or yeah, or make it Eye beach of the Tiger, it. beach it exactly. Get <laughs> oh, weird out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That uh, beach joke never landed for me. I don't get what is beach. You just oh, the joke just, is that I'm gonna beat you. Up. Oh, sorry, no, I I get that. But oh. what is beach? He just like oh, that's at the, the beach. that's the joke. That's the joke because all the Kens were like beach Ken. Yeah, okay. No, I get the joke. I just I thought beach was like not a lifeguard. I just sit on the beach. Mm. But yeah, I don't. That's why because Lily had said to me, she was like, "What would be your Ken job?" It's like my job is movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm not qualified for anything else yeah. my job is movie <laughs> yeah. um, but actually speaking of uh, men um, I would love to see an action man movie I did that was my mm-hmm. did, did you read my review I did <laughs> but I wrote these notes before I read your review uh, okay. so no, it's uh, it the first thing I said now I want my action man but review. like I wanted to take the piss out of it oh yeah big I, I wanted to I wanted to be hyper masculine and to kind of who do you get who's like the John most Hamm. manly man no who's like the most manly man Henry Cavill Mm. I just think John Hamm could do the comedy very well yeah that could be that could work but Henry Cavill could do it but he'd probably take it too seriously he'd be like I am the manliest man yeah because I'm thinking like Arnold in his day Arnold from Twins no no because we had that movie it was called Conan the Barbarian Conan the Barbarian yeah (laughs) Um, but but I'd love something like that like but about the toy yeah I think that'd be great he goes into the real world he's just taking everything seriously yeah And he's not given like I yeah I think that's real again we're gonna see so many bad ripoffs of this yeah. now. Well, there's already talk of a Ken spin off spin off, isn't there? Which I, I don't understand. There's okay, there's there's talks of him actually. Yeah, well, there's one more thing I want to talk about before. Go we on, yeah. But like, there's talks of him getting Oscar nominated. Nah, chance. Nah, I love. I was funny. I love Ryan Gosling. I'm delighted this movie's a success yeah. and he's being he's a large part of that. He's done better. He's had much better roles. Yeah. I also think that dance sequence, I could tell he was phoning that in. Yeah. I, don't, I tell he, I, there was a look on his face that he was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I was in La La Land, God damn it. Yeah. I did jazz. I <laughs> yeah. saved jazz. I saved jazz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but speaking of the dance game, music. What do you think of the soundtrack? Yeah. I, well, where's Aqua? They're, oh, they, they couldn't get Aqua. They, they couldn't get Because Mattel sued Aqua in the oh, 90s did they? so there's okay. no way so there's, uh, yeah, Aqua would be in. Yeah. no I don't know I again I feel like this was a great opportunity to like have great pop, uh, pop culture references but when you have a soundtrack like that which is just built for the movie there's no bedrock there for the the, um, the audience but then to... again we, we give a lot of shtick for needle drops 
like having having scenes dictated by songs and stuff. I just felt like this was it, the film like allowed for that because mm. of the bright colors. The true, but I I did like that they were able to get like and as you people say, like, like Dominic Fike in to do a song. But yeah. I just felt like it was nothing. Yeah, exactly. You're what they've done there is they've tried to follow the formula of like Spider Spider Verse, yeah, and like the the thing about Spider Verse is like that soundtrack is embedded within the story mm-hmm. and the Lizzo song was good like they're all it's all very catchy like I listened to the album before but like it's just there's nothing relevant to the story yeah that's fair. like the song they like, listen to when they're at the party at the start like there's nothing referential about it yeah yeah it just reminded me how much I hated the dance scenes in this yeah they went on far too exactly long yeah but also yeah I like I wish there was a song that I was like oh that's from this part yeah. whereas I'm pretty sure I could listen to a song there's the Ken song but again I I, it was not uh, yeah. I, I didn't resonate with me at all yeah no it is a fun time I know we're very negative about yeah. it but I think also I think it's fair to have this sort of critique of it when it's very over marketed yeah so my it's very saturated in it in my mind yeah. it's getting it's like on Letterboxd's top 250 movies of all time it's like all this praise being given yeah. into it and like don't be like oh you set your expectations too high I was like no no everyone else everyone did everyone else did yeah and I went to, I said last month, I would, this was the exact thing I was worried about. It would be too message over movie. Then again, I was pleasantly surprised that there were some very good jokes in it. Yeah. Um, the joke where uh, Barbie goes to Ken and being like, hey, do you want to be like boyfriend, girlfriend? He goes, excuse me a minute. And then he goes off screen yeah. and shouts a word. Unbelievable. Yeah. There's stuff like that. But yeah. like, I couldn't tell you a scene I loved. I can tell you what I hated though. That Mattel chase. Appalling. The Mattel chase. In, in the office. Appalling. Yeah. Appalling. Yeah. And then they cut it for that bit where she goes into the room with your one. Yeah, that's a bit weird. But Rhea Perlman kills it. Yeah. She'd be my Oscar nominated for that. Okay. I wouldn't, I don't do, again. Supporting. Set, so, oh, obviously yeah. supporting. But like. Yeah. I'd also give it to Margot Robbie. I'd also, I think she deserves an Oscar nomination yeah. over, over Ryan Gosling, 100%. Yeah, her, like, her ability to like play that, na- as you say, naive, not, I don't want to say stupid dimwit, but like, just so. Childlike. Childlike, yeah. yeah. And then go into that more kind of emotional sense yeah. of like your whole life is falling apart and we see we see that reflected so well like within the space of 10 minutes where she goes to those building site mm. the building site men and she yeah. goes over and says something very bluntly to them yeah. uh, I won't spoil the joke and that's really funny and then there's a beautiful moment of her sitting on a bench with someone mm. like that scene that's an Oscar real scene there yeah. like that like that was beautiful Yeah. and then Ken Ken in the library that was great there was some great Ken moments yeah. in it the, <laughs> I won't. I won't spoil it. But like, there are some great Ken moments in it. I just. I'm not. It's like, just silly. It's, it's not. Silly. Of it's not Oscar. But like, yeah. I. I preferred the fish out of water Ken to yeah. when Ken goes back to Barry. Exactly. Land. Yeah. You would have preferred Ken to stay. Yeah. I would. I would watch. I would watch a movie at that. Yeah. I'd watch a movie that's Ken doing all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we probably talked about the Barry movie too much. Nah, that's fair. Um, anyone else in this? I want to give a shout out to. Not really. No. No. The Nicola, uh, Nicola Coughlin. No, again, they Didn't just they him. put way too many put way too many names on it, and like I understand, I'm sure a lot of these people like, are thinking like this is my big break to like be on a poster with you know Barbie yeah. or whatever, but it it just felt a little bit oversaturated with um talent. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah. oh yeah, and like I said, Greta Gerwig though, the light of yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, here's oh, we've so much to talk about this movie. Um, I'm very disappointed that she's going to Netflix. Yeah, doing the Chronicles of Narnia. Why? Been done before write and direct something like mm, yourself original like, like she said she, now to be fair to her she, she came and I really respected her for it she came out and said was like fuck it like I want to be a big blockbuster director I want to make the big movies and stuff and I'm like power to you mm. but don't go like remaking Chronicles of Narnia like who cares about that and I was thinking of another I was trying to map her 
thing onto Nolan. I was like, what did Nolan do that put him over? And it was the Batman movie. Yeah. So I was like, what's a good superhero movie for her? Greta Gerwig, Supergirl. Print money. Yeah. Because what's great about Barbie, the Barbie movie is, it takes a concept that is deemed to be negative on women, like a negative effect on women, and it demeans them, and it's like by having sort of the standard put upon them and whatever, and then basically deconstructs that and and like, Satirize. satirizes it yeah. and that's kind of the same with Supergirl because yeah. it's always like why is she called Supergirl why is it not Superwoman and I think that could be a lot of fun and a lot of fun with poking fun at like not being as good as the other superheroes but she is I think that could be fun I'd be interested I'm just trying to think of a big blockbuster movie that Greta Gerwig could do that's not Chronicles of Narnia because who cares what's in the fucking wardrobe I uh, I I haven't thought about it but something has just come to my head which I think could be interesting is X-Men yeah does she? But we've just seen what she's like when she deals with a big cast. Mm, but I feel like the well, yeah, fair. Saoirse Ronan fair. playing uh, Professor X. <laughs> <laughs> Logan, I come here to be Logan. Logan, would you like a cup of tea, Logan? Um, no, it's just the first thing that came yeah. to my head there. I was like, you could do a good story about Rogue, a good story. About yeah, I'd watch a Storm movie or something Storm, like that. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, and she, like she could do a good story about Cyclops. Doesn't have to be a girl or a woman. I think it's more like I wouldn't mind seeing one of those characters have like yeah, a, a third dimension. Exactly, yeah. Because Rebecca Romaine was just boobs. That was her job. <laughs> her job is boobs. <laughs> Good job. Um, right, shall we move on? We, we saw Barbie, it's fine. We've seen Barbie, <laughs> we're allowed to say whatever we want. And if you get angry at us, we'll say, why are you so mean to men in the Barbie movie? I'm outraged. <laughs> there were so many stupid things online. It was something like, yeah. oh no. Anti-Man was my favourite one. Anti? It was like anti-male. It was oh, an anti-male, anti-male. movie. Exactly, yeah. Like, go see any other movie. <laughs> um, right, speaking of uh, anti-man, let's talk about pro-man. Mission pro Impossible man. Dead... I'm really bad at this today. Yeah, I do apologize. Don't worry, don't worry Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, David. The summer of Part 1s. The summer of Part 1s continues. Um, okay, so we meet... Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt again. No, sorry, I'm just trying to think how this movie starts. We meet Ethan Submarine. Hunt again. Oh, sorry. Was... No, 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 but that's how it starts. Yeah. Um, we meet Ethan Hunt again, and there is a new threat to the Earth. And it is, of course, AI. Did you know it was AI going into this movie? No. I probably shouldn't say that. No, I think, like, it's enough time has passed, and I think a lot of what I want to talk about is, is AI. AI. So, like, if you haven't seen it by now, fuck it. What was the name of the AI again? The Entity. The Entity. entity. The entity. Um, Paramount are killing it this year with generic, generic fucking shit. Names. It was called the Transwarp Key in... Uh, that's seven now, by the way, if you're counting still. In uh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. And uh, the now entity. the Entity. So the Entity is this... AI gone rogue. AI system that is... Just learned a mind of its own. And it is just starting to intervene in certain uh, elements of specifically like espionage divisions of um, different countries or whatever but the, the I suppose the uh, important thing here is that you, you need to understand that the governments of the world want to obviously take control of this rather than destroy it whereas Ethan has decided that this um, entity is too powerful for any one person or any one government to uh, hold control of and so he is um, on a mission should he choose to accept it to go out and destroy the entity um, that's probably a decent enough synopsis yeah and we, I guess- we have Simon Pegg we have Ving Rhames we have Rebecca Ferguson and we have some new names Haley Atwell hey, yeah to join the cast Haley Atwell uh, Van- 
Vanessa, Vanessa Kirby. Kirby. Issei Morales. Issei Morales is the... Pom Clementoff. So, we'll get to it, but... Um, yeah. yeah, okay. Um, in terms of reaction, it <laughs> is a good time in the cinema. Well worth going to see in the cinema. Is it better or worse than anything we've seen before from this franchise? Probably not. Now, I just had a good time. It was... It's fun. It's a little bit silly. Getting to see Tom Cruise do stupid stuff is is cool. It keeps you... It keeps you entertained throughout. Like, there's never a point in this where it, like, falls below, like, 5 out of 10 in terms of, like, energy or action. Maybe, yeah. I went to the toilet during it because he was on a rooftop with someone after something sad happened. And I was like, bet you this is going to be boring. And I came back and I said to Oshin, what did I miss? He goes, nothing. (laughs) I was like, excellent. Um, So, in terms of, like, franchise comparisons, if you've seen any of the other ones this is very similar enough you're going to see a few different things uh in terms of stunts and stuff like that overall story-wise a little bit generic although i do like the fact that as as stupid as the name is the entity i do like the fact that they've kind of um uh weaponized ai they've jumped they've jumped the gun in terms of like getting on that that bandwagon of like weaponized AI and AI taking over and, and it's used in a very interesting way like there's a bit at the start which is very cool to see there is a couple of bits in the middle where they're trying to communicate with each other through different things and it the AI managed to do different things so it very cool things throughout funnily enough just going back through each of them a lot of people seem to be thinking that Fallout was the best one I had a better time at Fallout I don't know I, for some reason I didn't really enjoy Fallout I think the entity's gotten to you David yeah maybe um, um, but no I, 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 it's totally I like 4 do you want to know I like Fallout more I think yeah. I like the villain best yeah and I think the stunts well, are the, I think the problem with this is it's only half a movie as we've specified as we've specified <laughs> um, I, I just think I just think I just, ha- I just enjoyed the story of Fallout more and I felt like we were moving along for like specific reasons in that like we were like okay we're going here because of this whereas this one felt very like some of the complaints you had about Indiana Jones where it's like ah we're going here now because we have to yeah okay um, and also my I have another big point about this but movie, was, which, did you not feel like there was like that whole kind of cat and mouse thing of like oh we have to go here because that person is there or like <sighs> like the bit in the desert at the beginning I was like why why what, what's the point of this scene well, yeah that was just a bit want to go to a desert I think and they were trying to wrap up a story there. Just have it as a line of thought. I know you're supposed to show, don't tell, but like... Could have been flashbacks. Yeah, been flashbacks. Yeah. I just, I personally just had a really good time, in, especially the airport scene. That was pretty cool. Love that. That that had a perfect, and what I love from the Mission Impossible uh, series that, it do, that no other series does as well, is it has a beautiful job. It does a beautiful job of combining tech with espionage and spying. Like, James Bond can't do this because it's too silly. Yeah. Well, it did, and then everyone was like, Pierce Brosnan's about James Bond. <laughs> Get over yourself. He can ride any tsunami he wants. From Navin, no less. <laughs> the waves of Navin. He's a, he learned it as a young boy. Um, I yeah. Trying, and I was trying to think of the name of the river there. I can't believe it. There you it's go. Not coming to On me. the banks of the Boyne. The Boyne. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that that's where these movies shine. Because 
Look, and that's why something like Fast and Furious shines, and that it's very car, very fast cars and uh, macho men. Like yeah. that's what the. Ex- but I just thought the blend of like action and comedy, like it knows when to just like add that little sprinkle in the comedy, and yeah. when there's little silly bits, they added a members of IMF, I presume, were chasing uh, Ethan at different points in in different places. And they were they were usually used as like a little bit of comic relief. Mm-hmm. Um, now I probably could have done with less of them and maybe being a little bit more competent, but it yeah, didn't mind me. It, it didn't bother me. Um, but yeah, I just loved the, the like it was it was hard not to compare the scene in Rome with it's previous scene, previous scenes in Rome we've seen yeah. this year, specifically Fast and Furious. It was just so much like it was just so much more focused. Yes, even even like being well aware of that they're kind of going all over the place through Rome without without like any um, specific kind of path or whatever it still just made more sense and it was a lot more clear and it was just a little bit more focused to everything yeah. they were doing well put it this way comparing it to Fast and Furious and Indiana Jones where those are two high speed chases where I'm like I feel like you're just kind of like on a track yeah. you're just driving from you're driving no every drastic turn you take that you think is your decision is part of the chase whereas with Fast and Furious those were Mission Impossible but very much was like fuck it we're good at yeah, it yeah. and then he had to adapt to those circumstances yeah. rather than just driving along yeah. with, with like Indiana Jones and Tuk Tuk or yeah. um, uh, Dom Toretto in Fast Car you know what I mean yeah. so I agree with you there I, I my biggest thing with this was uh, like the, the big stunt at the end it's fine that's pretty cool man it's Come not on. it's not I disagree I think all of his stunts have been PR moves rather than serve any sort of cinematic enjoyment. I don't know. I feel like it fit into the story quite well. I think him actually driving off a cliff for real did nothing because there was so much CGI that it didn't feel real ultimately at the end. The cliff itself looks fake. The dive looks fake. It was no benefit. And the same with the halo jump. It looked fake because of all the fake storms and shit. Because they did it on a sunny day. The only time it's actually worked out is Ghost Protocol, where that fucker was on that building. And that's been the best cinematic use of Tom Cruise trying to kill himself. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But, like, I think he's had better stunts. Do you know the scene in Fallout where he's... No, I remember Fallout with, like, the vinyl player that does the... That was good. The vinyl player? Or was that the last one? That That was the one one before. Was that Rogue Nation? Rogue Nation. That was good as well. (laughs) Oh, this is also in Rogue Nation as well. Remember he's attached to the pipe and then he has to, like, shimmy his way up it? Like he's handcuffed to the pipe. Oh, sorry. Yeah. That yeah, yeah, that's more impressive than the motorbike thing. Anyone could do the motorbike thing. But would anyone do the motorbike? No. <laughs> what I'm getting at is there's no skill in it. There's no, just a, a willingness to try and kill see, yourself. See, my biggest thing is when the stunts are just so out of place. Where I feel like this one actually made sense. Like he misses. Yeah. He. I he misses yeah, the I get, yeah, yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Benji gives him another way to get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Like, it makes sense. I was just kind of like for the whole movie to be quote-unquote, built around this stunt. But I don't know if it was, because they, oh, they're giving it away in the trailer. But that's what I mean. They yeah. give away the exact stunt yeah. in the trailer. But it's just kind of like... That might, might have been why I enjoyed the Rome bit and the airport a lot. Oh, more. I loved it. The airport's my highlight of the movie. Yeah. I had so much fun with that. Yeah. Um, But just the the train sequence itself, very, very yeah. good. Good stuff on a train. Good but stuff on a train. I don't know. I just felt it just... I just felt like... I just felt it being like, that's a very solid watch. There's nothing to write home about, I don't think. I wouldn't be like, oh my God, do you remember the scene in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1? <laughs> yeah, okay, I, I suppose. Um, just on the so, some of the characters, um, Morales. Good man. What a guy. 
I don't know. It was it, it felt a little bit strange what his uh, role was because he's he's linked to the entity. He's hired by the entity. Yeah. The AI has become so intelligent that it's hired this hitman yeah. or this assassin to get. It needs a key. key. I love that. That was like, oh, and he's just like that. He's like a man. He's like it's like a it's this great thing that like spy movies had to evolve when they realized that countries weren't fighting with each other anymore yeah. where they had to be like oh he's not part like he's part of this secret side organization within nations. this country you know what I mean you can't just yeah rogue nations that's a good point that's movies covered this before um, but yeah I just like he's like I'm here for cash money and this <laughs> I don't care what's hiring me to do it even if it's ones and zeros plus the fact that like the AI has already told him the outcome yeah Love that. Yeah. That was all cool. And also this actor as well. He's in the Ozarks as well. And he's yeah. great in that. Very tense. Very yeah. intense. Love uh, this guy. Yeah. Um, and Hayley Atwell, a nice addition to the team. Fuck my, the best addition to the yeah. team. Best since, best since uh, Tom Cruise himself. <laughs> I did. Uh, the boys and, and Ricky Pat were talking about there were, uh, we could have some sort of um, Avengers style scene at the end where everyone from all the past movies decides to come back tell tell retiring rames he's yeah. getting too old there was a scene there where, is a bit in this where he's just like oh sorry i have to leave yeah there was a bit where i felt like he was reading off cue cards yeah. i think he was just dust and also his hats are too small yeah <laughs> get the bigger hats uh, get the oppenheimer hat get the oppenheimer hat um yeah there's not much else to say no I, it's just like, i it's, think it is a solid a, watch but would you not say it's worth Definitely going to see it in the cinema. Oh, yeah. I'd have, you'd have yeah. to see it in the cinema. Yeah. I think in the sense of like, if you're going to see it, go watch it in the cinema. And here's a question for you. Better or worse than Top Gun Maverick? Uh, I, uh, it's, I prefer Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Top I, was Gun think, Maverick I was probably is, thinking the same thing. Top Gun Maverick is a better made movie. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, now, also, to, to give this movie credit, it was made during COVID. Yeah. Tough times. Yeah. Tom Cruise shouted as many people as he could to make yeah. this movie. Um, but... Yeah, do you remember that thing that yeah. was released? Yeah, it was funny. It was, someone brought that up in work recently enough. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Oh, do you want to know my favourite thing about this? I yeah. didn't write a review. You d- Did you? I got AI, AI to oh, do it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I gave it some bullet points and I wrote a review and nobody noticed. It's coming for you, ladies and gentlemen. AI's coming to get you. Can't wait. Mm. Sort everything out. <laughs> um, but yeah, shall we move on to tell you what I saw the other day? Go for it. Gary, play the music. Right, we'll keep this short and sweet anyway. Uh, tell you what I saw the other day, David. Go for it. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I've, I got an Amazon Prime trial, so all of these are Amazon Prime. Nice. This isn't good. <laughs> it's not It's not excellent, but my God, was I pleasantly surprised by it. So yeah. basically, it's about two con men. It's about a con man, Michael Caine. He's a classic con man. He's, from, he's, from, he's from Britain. And he's expert in scamming people. He's like, but basically like rich women. So okay, like, yeah. um, he makes people think he's like a prince fighting like for independence in Africa and stuff like. Like he has all these like stories he's telling these uh, women, and they're all like, "Oh, have my jewelry, you know, save your people," kind of thing like that. I think I have seen this. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> and uh, and then on a train he comes across Steve Martin, who's a bit more crass at it, and he's like, "Oh, my dead grandma, my grandma's dying. You better help me," kind of yeah, thing like I've that. Yeah, I've seen this. It's good. I had a great time with it. So basically, then Michael Caine's like, "You're not doing this right. I'm going to train you." Yeah, mash the wine <laughs> and he teaches them how to do it and then it becomes like he wants to go off on his, his elf, uh, self and then it's Michael Caine and Mar- uh, Steve Martin uh, conning their way to try and to this woman to try and get her fortune and it's just really fun seeing them fight each other and then the different sort of scenarios they put themselves in it's just really fun it's definitely not politically correct in any way shape or form <laughs> what year was it 1980 something maybe yeah, uh, but yeah it's just like Oh man, for a movie that I just stuck on just for the crack. I had a really fun time with it. How long? Uh, pop, pop. 1988, 100 and, uh, sorry, one hour and 50 minutes. Uh, 
Ten, I'd agree. Forty-five without credits. <laughs> yeah, it's got eighty-nine percent run tomatoes. There you go. Yeah. What about you? See anything the other day? Um, something that a lot of people would have seen. I was very late to the party on is um, Cloverfield. All right. And what I would say about this is uh, characters not great, but conceptually wise, very refreshing. Mm. Just to see something from we've seen so many of these um, monster movies, so many of these kaiju attacking a city. And it was so interesting to see it from a different point of view. Instead of being from the, the point of view of a monster, being at like ground level and seeing like the pure destruction of... Which uh, is it's kind of funny because whenever we watch Godzilla or Kong Skull Island, where I was like, stop showing the people! Show yeah. the big monkey smash! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas yeah. you're doing the opposite here yeah. where you're like... I don't know, it was just a little bit refreshing, just different to see. And, you know, instead of like having you know Godzilla go into this city and there's just faceless people on the ground that are just dying it's yeah. just interesting to see it from their point of view so yeah it was just a, um, very well directed Netflix um, it's on Netflix it is do you know who the director is I forgot who directed this yeah what's his name Matt Reeves, Matt Reeves. yeah yeah the Batman man yeah I know yeah the monkey man from Dawn of the Planet of the Apes also I, I watched a couple of videos on YouTube about the promotion material around this very interesting yeah it was very of its time yeah but it was very interesting it was just like they put a lot into it and nothing think, really came of it. Do you think from a society we've actually forgotten about the Planet of the Apes movies? Yeah. I remember that they were like everything. Yeah. I love those. For like a couple of and years then, they and, were just the biggest yeah. things. And then Woody Harrelson was in one and I was like, I'm good. <laughs> that's enough for me. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah. Those were great. Where? What studio were they? Because I feel like they're definitely... Warner Brothers feels they love fucking shit up like this. Oh yeah, it was a New Line. Was yeah, it was New Line, yes. Yeah. Remember that? Warner Brothers. My God. Yeah, because it kind of again another one that just kind of petered out. Yeah, I'm just like, but it's it's one of those classic ones where it's like you need. It's a bit like Mad Max, also yeah. done by New Lines. So like, get to your sequels. People want them. Yeah, nonsense. Big time. Uh, tell you what I saw the other day, David. Uh, Love and Mercy on Amazon Prime. Again, I know I'm a bit of an Amazon sellout today. <laughs> Jeffy Bezos, my best mate. Um, no, this movie is about Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys, and it does a really not not unique thing, but a really interesting thing where you kind of see him as a young man, but then also as an old man. <laughs> young man, old man story, David. Uh, but young man is played by Paul Dano, old man played by John Cusack. The worst thing about this movie is it tries to convince me that John, uh, Paul Dano grows up to be John Cusack. But it's really interesting because he goes through a lot of trauma, not trauma, but a lot of like mental health is, uh, illnesses, me- mental illnesses in his younger life and the sort of discovery of those. Yeah. And then we kind of see the result of those in later life and how they've kind of shaped him to who he is and how people around him have reacted to that. And it's a really, really interesting story uh, that I did not know about at all. And it's also kind of interesting to see the, both how they make the music and how there was a lot of like friction within the band and even sort of the competition with the Beatles at the time as well was really interesting. Um, but then also some of the later life stuff as well and how that sort of fame affected him. So it's really, I just did, never heard of it before. I just stuck it on and uh, yeah, it was really interesting. Paul Dana robbed of an Oscar nomination. I really, really good. And it's the same year Jake Gyllenhaal didn't get nominated for Nightcrawler. And I'd been Steve Carell for Foxcatcher. Yeah. And I'd been the other person whose name I can't remember <laughs> that I got angry about. I know Freddie... No, did Red Eddie Redmayne win that year? I think he might have. Can't remember Freddy. anyway. I know uh, Michael Keaton. I'll keep Michael Keaton in. Okay. I put... For Paul Theory Dan. of Everything. Uh, yeah, Eddie Redmayne won for Theory of Everything. But Steve Carell was nominated for Foxcatcher. Bradley Cooper for American Sniper. Yeah. Been him. Benefit Cumberbatch for the yeah, Imitation Game. Keep him in, why not? Just bin Bradley Cooper, bin Steve, bin Steve Carell, put in uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, put in Paul Dano. 
And Elizabeth Banks also uh, play is in the future part of it. She's also quite good. And who would I have been there? Oh, geez, that was the year Julianne Moore won for Still, Still Alice. I watched Still Alice today. It's not on any streaming services. Don't. I downloaded it from Extravision. And, uh, <laughs> don't forget anything. Don't dude. forget. Jesus, Never forget intense. anything. Who else would I have been from that? I've not seen Into the Woods, but I'd get rid of... Uh, yeah. Oh, Keira Knightley was nominated right. for the uh, Imitation Game. Meryl Streep's there as well. Been here for Into the Wolves, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, uh, Love and Mercy. It's just a really interesting story. It's a bit hard to watch at times. Um, but yeah, just just interesting. I don't know. I just, I never, I'm surprised there's not more conversation about it. Yeah, that's fair. It's probably just one of those smaller movies. Mm. Um, tell you what I saw the other day. This is my last one. Didn't really have much to bring to the You were too busy this month. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, so I watched Tangled. Mm. Very fun time. Yeah. Um, a little bit kind of on that actually speaking of Shrek on the, kind of on that Shrek vibe okay taking the typical uh, Fair, damsel in distress yeah, story fairy tale and then adding some twists and turns to it um, yeah I was kind of pleasantly surprised by it um, what's his name Zachary Levi yeah very good plays a very good character very funny very silly yeah had a good time well worth the watch Disney Plus <laughs> Disney Plus um, do you want to a quick I'll bring this back. Do you want a fact attack on this movie? Okay. Most expensive Disney movie in the animated movie. Yeah, that was the one thing. The animation in it isn't great. It's $260 very, like, million dollars it took to make. It was very... Um, choppy? No, clean. Just it was oh. too clean. You don't like clean movies. No, I'm just saying like it was just weirdly animated. Like People's faces didn't look normal. Yeah. All right, fair. Uh, I have the last one. Just Go to, for it. Oh, will I? Go for it. Ah, I'll try that in. Just Once Upon a Time in America. One uh, Hailed as one of... The, it, it's really funny actually um, it's really actually, this is just me telling people interesting things about this movie then if it's good it's four hours long it's four hours long it's four hours long. it's four hours long four hours four hours just brace yourself but I did split it up over multiple viewings so it actually helped a bit but basically it's a story about these gangsters in um, Prohibition times and uh, it kind of looks back at their youth and then also a bit at their future as well the youth the youths the youths uh, Joe Pesci is in this movie <laughs> as is Robert De Niro suspiciously not directed by Martin Scorsese but it, uh, influenced a lot by um, The Godfather and um, yeah it just kind of shows that it's basically a group of friends when they're kids as little like pre-mobsters then mobsters or gang- pre-gangsters gangsters and then sort of the repercussions of those and it's this big epic tale because it's four hours and a lot of you kind of ask yourself why it's four hours, but you kind of need it to kind of get the resolution of their story because you actually feel their childhood and the sort of the troubles that they've kind of had along the way and stuff. It's just, a, and it's some really good performances by De Niro and James Woods, some unbelievable kid casting to like look like the the the, the older yeah. actors. Um, definitely inspiration for the, the Irishman to be like, I want to see old Robert De Niro, young Robert De Niro and middle-aged Robert yeah. De Niro. Um, so it was interesting to see him be middle-aged and made older yeah. rather than be old and then be made, made middle-aged. Yeah. Um, it's directed by Sergio Leone who did what, uh, the, great, the Good, the Bad and the Ugly and then also Once Upon a Time in America it has an unbelievable this is Once Upon a Time in America oh sorry Once, Once Upon, Upon a Time, Time, Time in the West. West sorry and I'm not wrong <laughs> I just repeated myself and uh, an incredible score by Ennio Morricone and um, notoriously snubbed by the Oscars in the sense so what happened was he wanted his cut to be four hours then he went sent it over to America and they cut it down to like two hours and 40 let's say and it was balls apparently and then the academy watched that and they were like that's trash we're not nominating that and then when the final three hour three hour and 47 minute cut got made they were like oh yeah that's actually pretty good but it's a shame because we only saw the shit one and one of the best things about it is the score at the production side it's a beautiful looking movie it's just so atmospheric but the score is really really like 
There's some weird like whistle flute stuff in it that you wouldn't expect, but it's really effective. And the only reason Ennio Morcane is not... Am I saying that right? Ennio Morricone. Merrick Morricone, thank you. Uh, the only reason he's not nominated is because when they were editing the movie to make it shorter, they accidentally took his name out of the credits. <laughs> <laughs> so he couldn't be nominated. <laughs> so it's That's really, such a technicality. Isn't it? It's so stupid. But yeah, look, if you're, if you're on a long haul flight and uh, you want to feel like you've watched a good hearty movie... Or if you have a Sunday where you're stuck in bed with COVID and if you're one of those losers that still has COVID. No, it still catches COVID. Long COVID is a serious thing and I'm like, that's not fucking around with that. Uh, but yeah, shall we get back into yep. the other thing? The Outlaws, David. Woo! Just to clarify, I didn't watch this. Because it's, it's too, it's too shit. <laughs> what? You didn't watch this, David. You swore to me. You swore to me. Why is this here? This is here for multiple reasons. One, it's it's Pierce Brosnan, David. It's, it was always going in the pot. Oh, episode, it's not episode 100 without Pierce Brosnan. And it's not Pierce Brosnan without episode 100. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so tired. You won't understand. You won't understand. Uh, what is this movie? Let me just Google the synopsis. So, basically, it's about this guy. So, I, I'm actually just angry about this movie, and this is just allows me to rant a bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's on Netflix. It's an hour and 35 minutes long. It's all about this bank manager called Owen Browning, played by Adam Devine. Am I saying that right? Yeah, sure. Cool. I don't know if his name Div- is Devine. Devine, yeah. Devine? Devine? No, Devine. Yeah. Devine. It's all about him. He's a bank Sorry, manager. For a second hour, I was going to be like, Adam Levine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about him he's a bank manager and he's marrying his fiance. and her parents are always off the grid they don't know where they are it's just like they're all, as far as she and he know they're in like some tribal camp in South America working on translations with, this is a real thing this is part of the movie <laughs> they're working on the translations of like these sort of tribes and whatever like that straight and, away I'm just like nah that's bullshit <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the movie but like and then all, and he's a bank manager and they've installed a very fancy safe and they the bank the other bank employees like to play fun games with it uh, like trapping one of their other employees in it called Gary it's a movie with Gary and a fierce Brosnan in a movie of course I'm talking about it and um, it's a very fancy safe and they've installed a new passcode with it which which it is this, one of the lyrics from all the small things she left me roses by the stairs but you have to sing it like that she left me roses by the stairs. Yeah, you have to say it like that. Otherwise, safe doesn't open. This movie's balls. <laughs> and all of a sudden, uh, her out, her in-laws, his in-laws, all of a sudden show up into town being like, hey, we can actually make it to the wedding. And he goes out with them and he gets really, really drunk. And all of a sudden, the next day he's in work, he gets robbed by the ghost bandits. <laughs> and the ghost bandits happen to know the secret password and all the different codes to get into the fancy safe. So Adam Devine's character, Owen Brown, is starting to think, hey... I'm starting to think my in-laws robbed me. Because uh, they did. And it's all about him trying to convince his missus that they did rob the bank. But turns out the money in the bank... Oh no, shit. It's because... <laughs> it turns out they left town because there's a mob boss there who wants... Who they owe a lot of money to. So when the mob boss realizes that Pierce Brosnan and Ellen Barkin are back in town. They kidnap the daughter and it's up to Owen Browning played by Adam Devine and the Ghost Bandits played by Pierce Brosnan and Ellen Barkin to rob another bank because he knows banks well to raise enough money to get the daughter back. Yeah. Uh, just as you were going through that, I was like, maybe I have seen this and it was, no, I just watched the trailer. <laughs> you, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. So, um, yeah. See, this is the problem. I, I feel like that would have been a really interesting story if you got up to the point where he gets robbed Okay, and he suspects it's the it's his in laws. Yeah, but it's actually not. Oh, you completely agree. And I would have much preferred been, that movie. It would have been very interesting, and he's trying to prove it, and it's 
Yeah. Right? And it could have been some other characters that we met at some point. Oh, David, I agree. Yeah. But Netflix doesn't work like that. Yeah. And why I also want to talk about this movie. And you sure this wasn't written by AI? <laughs> <laughs> By the entity. Uh, by the yeah. entity. The entity was like, what movie will I write for Gary? <laughs> <laughs> we'll stick a Gary in there. He'll have to watch it. And an hour and 35. He can't deny. <laughs> On a Friday, after a spaghetti bolognese, he won't know what's coming. Um, why I want to talk about this movie is because it's the epitome of a Netflix movie where they pay... For just big name actors like Adam Devine, who's apparently a big name actor, and Navin native actor Pierce Brennan Brosnan. I hope he made millions from th- I hope he got serious bank from this. Yeah. He's not bad in it, but nobody's good. There's no good jokes because they're all in the trailer. But it's the epitome of like, this came out the same month as Barbie, Oppenheimer, and uh, Mission Impossible 7. Yeah. And it's just, you have to just ask yourself, it's just like, oh, why don't people watch Netflix movies anymore? Because you're putting this shit out. Yeah. But also, at the same time, People love it, David, because this is done by Happy Gilmore Productions, who do all the Adam Sandler movies. But I had a look at the more recent movies. Murder Mystery 2, Hoobie Halloween, The Wrong Missy, also Murder Mystery. Then there's like Sandy Wexler, The Ridiculous Six, Pixels. Balls movies, but it makes a shit ton of cash. And I don't know why. I know I'm helping them because I watched it. (laughs) But like... Who is watching these movies? I, they've had 50 projects, projects, this Happy Gilmore Productions. Their average Rotten Tomato score is 26%. I know you don't, I know like you don't hold a movie, you can't judge a movie properly on its Rotten Tomato score. But like, there comes, 26, there comes a stage. what are you at? <laughs> yeah. Like what is, I just don't get the business model for these movies. Yeah, I think this is why Netflix keeps losing money. But that's what I mean. It's just like, this was their big release. Yeah, nonsense. There's a great joke about James Bond though. Give that. <laughs> That's good. nonsense, though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, there's nothing really to say. <laughs> and it's the the actually the major problem I have is um that's every every once in a while Netflix will release an interesting windfall. Yeah. No. Right. No. No promotion. Yeah. They just they they don't want to put effort into movies that they know will take a bit of effort to. Yeah. Like, Where they're like ah with. Adam Devine Pierce Brosnan yeah. be grand. Yeah, he is so he's so annoying. I hate him. I can't stand him. So, if you like him, fair play. That's yeah. good. Good on you. You found someone that you know really yeah. hits home with your type of comedy. He reminds me of like Will Ferrell in his wimpy roles. Yeah, I meant to do a whole bit on Will Ferrell. I forgot. Daddy's home and stuff. Yeah, just like ah! or what's the one he goes to jail? Get hard. Get hard. <laughs> Nonsense. Just like grow up. Yeah. Stop being such a baby. Get up, baby. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I've nothing to say. It's no. muck. Well, I'll tell you who does have something today. I actually reached out to Pierce Brosnan. Okay. And I was like, hey, doing a podcast, episode 100, would you mind coming on? Yeah. We're talking about your new movie, The Outlaws. We'd love to have you on. We've talked about a lot of your movies before. And he goes, absolutely no problem, Gary. We'll send something on. By the way, love the Brosnan Brown birthday, Bros Bonanza. Favorite episodes. Tell all my friends about it. I was like, oh, unbelievable, Pierce. Do you want to come over? He goes, I'm busy that weekend. We talked for hours. But I was like, just a quick message I can stick in. He's like, absolutely no problem. I was like, yeah, whatever you want, Pierce. Just to, just say thanks to the fans. Navin is deep in my heart, on the banks of the Boyne there, across from the town. My grandfather, God bless him, built a lovely little bungalow, and that was my home. I don't know if it's still there. Cheers, Chris. <laughs> so, if you want to know why we're doing the Outlaws, I just had to put that clip in. That's fair. <laughs> should, we, should we grow up a bit? Should we Speak- grow up a bit? Speaking of movies bombing. Oh, you should do this now. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about the bomb. Um, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer 
This is the latest movie from writer-director Christopher Nolan. It is a biopic about the life of Robert J. Oppenheimer. J. Robert Oppenheimer? Robert J. It doesn't matter. Um, Who is considered the father of the atomic bomb. And it uh, chronicles his life before, during, and after the Manhattan Project. Um, And also sort of shows a parallel side of um, his life and views from others. I think you could say, it, it comes out a lot that like it's from Robert Downey yeah. Jr.'s character. Within, yeah, sorry, Louis Strauss, Strauss. who is a uh, Strauss? Strauss, member of a, U- the a something? AEC, uh, Atomic Energy Committee. So yeah, this is kind of just based on the, the building of the atomic bomb in 1945 um, and the eventual use of it and the consequences that come from from using it and certainly the political elements that surrounded the um surrounded the character himself robert j oppenheimer but also the the building of the bomb and how important it was to um certain political aspects at that time yeah um, so it's a comedy moving from say world war Two into cold war kind of era cold war era um where enemies moved from east to west West to East. Anyway. It's all spherical, it doesn't matter. Um, not, pardon the pun, but I was blown away by this film. <laughs> and I, I, I apologise for that. Um, I think this is, let me think, Christopher Nolan's third best movie. That might be Interesting, because I was going to ask where you'd rank it. Yeah, like, it's so hard to, to categorise them, I think. Um, like, you I have, have a good to... way to categorize them. Christopher Nolan movies. No, but I just feel like, you know, comparing this to like The Dark Knight, that's but like... This is the least blockbuster movie yeah. he's ever done. Yeah. Uh, no, I disagree. The least blockbuster movie he's done since um, Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Well, it's... Inception? Inception's a blockbuster. No, I'm trying to think of like the, his last non-blockbuster was probably like Memento. Yeah, okay. Was, the mis- was Insomnia after that? No. Before? No, I think Insomnia was after, yeah. Okay, since it's on there, because that's not blockbuster. Everything else has been blockbuster, and then this. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't call this a blockbuster. No, okay, that's fair. Um, look, I just think, the first of all, the story itself, it, it somehow manages to just capture everything from the physics to the politics to the characters involved and like their thought process throughout the, the whole uh, building of the bomb pre post everything like that the and like the environment and atmosphere that changed throughout the time I thought was just absolutely perfect Um, I really like and uh, you you had mentioned like this film is like it's definitely not for everyone but like I feel like it definitely hit a demographic that we're like in if that makes oh, sense oh yeah 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 like coming from a scientific background I'm a big fan of like the whole political revolution at that time I uh, and just again I, I love character driven stories and, and like sharp witty dialogue mm-hmm. it's just I was just it, it is almost perfect for me the the use of of color and 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 black and white i thought was was perfect like again it, i thought that really grounded the story and, and gave it um the audience a chance to understand what period they're they're watching and, and what period they're experiencing the 
the whole technical uh, element of the film is incredible like from even like just like you, you take the the most simple um element of just two people you know speaking in a room and some for some reason it just feels tense mm-hmm. because of like the sound design the score the whole look of it um what else are i gonna say it is I, I, I we'll get to the cast but the cast is, is incredible and it was almost as you were going through you're like oh this guy's in it <laughs> you forgot about that yeah and you know I, I remember like different people getting mentioned like oh you know Christopher Nolan's brought this person on board this person on board and it's it, it was only when they appeared on screen where I'm like wow that's incredible um yeah I, do, I don't want to keep rambling on but I, I'm sure I'll remember certain other things that, that need to be mentioned but I hate it now um <laughs> I, as wanky as I'm going to say, I'm saying this. This is prestige filmmaking. It is like top quality from every aspect, mm. from acting, directing, sound design, visuals, everything. Yeah, no stone was left unturned, really. Well, and that's a slightly problem with it. So, well, I've won. I've, I do have an issue with it, but like, it's just, it's a three hour. Is it a good story told over three hours? I'm not too sure because I think there's a lot of pivoting. No, there's a lot of there's a lot of like f- details and story elements that I'm kind of just like ultimately it detracts from the, getting from A to B. Okay. That's all I'm saying. But those three hours are like it's it's like a journey. It's like an experience, and I know I sound like such a fucking wanker saying this but that's what it is it's literally you turn your phone off you sit and you just watch something that's so well crafted and you can't help but be blown away by it um i i said this to you uh, when we left i was just like uh, that movie was just like i was like fuck i, mean, I really like the dark knight because just like it's just there's something about the feel of a nolan movie you're like this is great and i think like you said it's a lot to do with the witty dialogue in it as well like the sharp dialogue yeah and and the way and and just the visuals and the crispness of it and like as much as chris nolan does be like oh you need the IMAX for this you kind yeah. of like watch it and you're like yeah you kind yeah, of do yeah. and also i think this movie as much as like nolan loves his big epic sequences like you mentioned the vistas of like New Mexico and stuff like that I actually was more impressed with how he was able to use the big IMAX cameras in the more intimate moments and sort of the details and the sort of the just the sheer emotions you were able to extract from Killian Murphy's face in scenes when you know this you've like if you've ever seen the size of an IMAX camera that's in front of Killian Murphy's face for a lot of this movie and he still crushes it Mm. so um so yeah everything from that and like I kind of mentioned with the Barbie movie as well, with happy with all the talent that's involved, delighted for Chris Nolan, although he doesn't need it, he can make whatever he wants, I feel. Yeah. But Killian Murphy especially. Oh, incredible. Like, to be able to have the platform to deliver a performance like this. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And from Cork, no less. Cork. Like, big month for Irish actors. Pierce Brosnan, The Outlaws, <laughs> Killian Murphy in Oppenheimer. He, like, uh, Christopher Nolan has said it, I'm sure, in um, different marketing material, but, like, this film just would not work without him. He He... He is in almost every scene and it, it like there's very few movies there's sorry there is a lot of movies where you see a character uh, go from young to old and it's the same character you just use you know different makeup but it is so amazing to see that kind of he's a little bit kind of wide-eyed naive at the start and he you know he he, he has these dreams about physics and how you know quantum mechanics works and things like that to being that kind of general almost within the Manhattan Project and and um, leading this team to, to, to build this device to being like an almost withered soul mm-hmm. but also 
having the sharpness to understand that like it may not go my way but it's also not going to go your way either yeah and just like he even like he's it's almost like a chess master at that stage and mm. um yeah i like I, for killing murphy to play the the like you say the army the army guy yeah the science guy and then like the pr guy yeah. or like the sort of public relations or sort of yeah. the press guy yeah. in a way but the thing is like there's never there's it's funny i was, I was thinking about this like okay he's definitely going to be like if he's not nominated for an oscar i don't know what you know what what's wrong with the system is because it's something's rigged but like he might have left his name I, the credits. <laughs> I i can't i can't picture a scene of his where it's just going to be like that big momentous scene where you would pull for like say the montage yeah because there's not a point in this where he has that big rousing speech there's not a point where even he raises his voice there's a few points where he might get a little bit animated but it's there's never a point where you feel like oh that is the highlight scene it's just this constant little drilling away throughout Mm. and i I was just again it's, it's so amazing to see it's it's so amazing to see him get this opportunity because we've seen little bits and pieces of it. If if you've watched Peaky Blinders, if you've watched them in other films like Sunshine and like in um, Wind Shakes Barley, Wind Shakes Barley, Quiet Place Two, he he oh, play yeah. he can just play these these kind of stoic characters. But to see him be so sharp and it like it's amazing to see someone who is so knowledgeable, so smart, and like he's definitely on the I wouldn't say the narcissist again, but the cocky end of it but he's still so empathetic in certain scenes you know certain people around him go through certain instances of whatever it is and he he does feel for it and especially when the bomb gets dropped there is moments where he has crises crises of confidence mm-hmm. but to see that just balanced out it was, it was was really good um and it is an it is an empathetic film to robert j Oppenheimer. i'm not gonna i haven't read about him i have i don't know what he was like but is it empathetic i think it is i think he comes across quite well in it i think it definitely shows flaws oh yeah it yeah, definitely yeah. shows flaws but by the end i mean i was definitely rooting for him over say stress i agree but i i don't think the movie leaves you with oh he was misunderstood no yeah <laughs> i think i think it just but it, i mean just I don't want to spoil it but that last scene where he's talking to a person Albert, yeah <laughs> talking to a person and he he explains to him what he considers or what he thinks you know is the future I think you get an understanding from that that yeah. he is seriously he understands the consequences of his actions yeah. Yeah, and yeah. He, he is empathetic towards the, the situation that they're moving towards Um, sorry but what? yeah no I think I guess my interesting thing about this movie is there's no and it kind of goes what you were saying there about the big Oscar speeches there's no emotion in it and I don't mean that in a bad way there's just stress yeah (laughs) and there's panic and there's 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 creativity and there's there's um, ambition and tension just does that not make sense because they're all scientists but that's no but that's like it's so interesting that there is no emotion and and military yeah but that's like that I just find that really fascinating because um, there's no big scenes that invoke tears well I didn't cry anyway. yeah. I'm a big man I've watched Barbie I know what <laughs> women are like when they're crying all the time no uh, but it's like no there's no, there's none like that there's just fucking uh, what's the word like hard nosed fucking get the job professional done. driven yeah. men looking to get a job done kind of yeah. thing like that men and women but um, it's yeah that, that's what I find really interesting about the story where it's just like it was a man who had a skill set that a country required that skill set to do something he didn't want but he didn't care. And he did care, but it was more like he did it because he was the only one who could. could yeah. And he was put in a situation that he had to deliver. Yeah. And there was no alternative because it would ultimately mean catastrophic destruction of 
a continent effectively. Yeah. So like, it's just yeah, it was just a man in, in the trenches effectively. Yeah. But told with a scientist, which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I I guess my my biggest flaw with it is is it's it is too long. I would I would it's too long. And it's and it re- that first thirty minutes is rough. So my thing about the first thirty minutes, it takes a while to get into the rhythm of the film. I I agree. Yeah. But it's like that should you have to like let people get on that road. Like speaking of roller coasters earlier, where mm-hmm. it's like if you're going hundred miles an hour initially, it's so hard to settle. And I just think that could turn people off, especially when it is advertised as like oh it's the bomb movie oh we're gonna see a lot of explosions and I love it's not too much of a spoiler but we don't see much war scenes in this and I love that because that Oppenheimer didn't see that himself so like it makes sense to kind of stay within his world Um, but I just yeah I just I think that really took me a while and I found just when you're speaking about the the sharp dialogue because it is a very dialogue driven movie two things about it one I found classic Christopher Nolan there were some characters I couldn't hear at times I found that hard to hear but also I found the cuts he would use would be like character finishes saying something and then he would immediately use the cut of their reaction to that saying something but leave no breathing space I felt the characters were so fast talking at each other like it was no there was like cut here immediate response there was no like digesting of information the characters kind of felt like they already had their response to say before the other character finished it was just something I noticed in the middle of the movie it didn't take me out of the movie but it was just like there was a moment where I was like okay okay yeah let me just focus on this now do you know what I mean Um, not a bad thing it keeps the pace of the movie going very well especially with the score the score any any other score this movie's boring as well yeah. it's really this, they're like it's just like oh Oppenheimer can you pass me that screwdriver oh let me have a look for it at the moment but the score is like and you're just like you feel the tension you yeah. feel the rush so I think he owes a lot of a lot of credit to Ludwig Gorenson Gorenson is that how you pronounce it? Gorenson is it? Oh, Gorenson. <laughs> um, so a lot of credit yeah, yeah. but like, I mean he, he says it himself he oh loves, yeah no he, he loves his absolutely his, uh, yeah but like the fact that he's able to no like trust that the scenes he writes there'll be a composer yeah, out there to be able to write something bring alive yeah like that's a lot of trust yeah oh, I, I can understand yeah um, there there is points within the middle where it is but I, I just think as you say the, it goes along at such a pace and for such a long movie I think my biggest thing about it was it starts off as kind of this um, it's a race to, yeah. to, to get the bomb made and, and get it out there whereas by the end of the movie it turns into it turns into you know Mozart versus Salieri yeah. it, do, it does yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it turns into that rivalry and it's um, it's because because it turns from say all these people working hand in hand to say two major characters going head to head it kind of felt a little bit more uh, refreshing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it, like, the, the length didn't bother me. I think it just kept me a little bit more engaged when it switched from something that was... Yeah, that last half an yeah. hour. Like, for example, I don't know if it's a spoiler to say, the bomb goes off. Whoa, what? Halfway through the movie. Yes. And there's another hour or so left. But I feel like once the bomb goes off... To see, a, to see the literal fallout from that yeah to see yeah, yeah. Th- th- it switches yeah. to something completely different and it just kept me engaged that way yeah. but I could see if the say the bomb goes off at the end I could feel myself getting sleepy like just yeah. waiting for that to come yeah. and you're just like and I think that's I think that's another thing about this movie where it seems to be advertised as the big Nolan blockbuster of the summer I don't yeah. think it's a blockbuster no, it's a biopic no. it's a dramatic sci- yeah. a biopic about a scientist yeah 
how exciting do you want it and to be? And it is it is physics heavy and it's not apologetic about it. Mm. Like it, it will tell it will just say stuff about quantum mechanics and, and, and physics that mm. so if you don't know what hard water is yeah. <laughs> I can't believe they went for hard water instead of graphite yeah. do you know who Niels Bohr is? <laughs> I will say my fr- uh, I, because I was up beside Emma and she was uh, like well I think Niels Bohr came on screen she was like woo and then like Heisenberg and you got all the lads the, the physics Avengers they're called online Yeah. Um. so that was kind of interesting I casting wise we can talk about that in a sec but like where was I going with this point? Oh yeah, scientific biopic, science heavy. Yeah, mm. um, Benny Safdie, no less. <laughs> We're getting all the classics in on episode one hundred. All my grudges. It's a shame Chris Pine wasn't in this. It would have been full circle with episode one. Um, Benny Safdie overacts in this, it but I don't mind it because it's a bit of fucking energy compared to a lot of other yeah. deadpan people. He adds a bit of uh, charisma to his character. Yeah, a bit of like of um, I'm trying to think of you know Inception when Tom Hardy adds yeah. a bit of like dimension to like the boring dream talk yeah. he's a bit like that yeah. because everyone else is a scientist you know it's only so animated they're going to get yeah. um, but I thought he was overreacting a bit but I didn't mind it because it was something fresh a lot of the other famous people famous faces not famous faces but faces that you would recognise mm-hmm. from other things it's so important people know Josh is in this from Drake and Josh because yeah. if people don't know that it's going to be very <laughs> jarring um, and I think they either did take me out of it or didn't I haven't decided yet because we only saw it yesterday but I think the other two the other Two main people in it is Emily Blunt. Well, four if you count Florence Pugh, who I think you could cut. Yeah. I don't think that's important. But I feel like that adds adds another element to, to Oppenheimer's character. I really do. Oh, it, it definitely yeah. adds, but it's just like, along with everything else. Yeah. Like when you're dealing with fascism and like the all yeah. like there's all like and the, like the communist party and there's just, there's a lot going on that I feel like to have that element. It is important. It is important. And I can see why he wouldn't cut it, but... Yeah, I don't know. Again, it's still a bit fresh in my head. Um, Emily Blunt's character is balls for two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah. I, I was so surprised she took this role. But there's a scene in particular where she has to give a dialogue and I was like, yas queen, David. Yas queen. Yes, queen. I said, I've seen Barbie. Uh, no, where I was like, she's perfect for this role. Yeah. And I don't know if it was a case of maybe her earlier scenes getting cut, but there was no nuance to that character other than she's an alcoholic. I felt poor mother a bad mother well that comes with the alcohol I suppose <laughs> but like that was it yeah and there was no real connection between herself and Oppenheimer too much until like but the, again that makes sense with, when you understand oh, why they're together I yeah, yeah I get all that but it was just like yeah. I was just like why, why is that no it, yeah it absolutely does make um, sense yeah. and then Robert Downey Jr I'm a bit mixed on him I'm decided I've See, seen a lot of it, buzz about him some people were saying that he they, he kind of got lost in the character I don't know he he kind of had his his uh, mannerisms his usual Robert Downey Jr yeah. the little heads, the yeah. t- head tilt but I, I enjoyed him I think like the two of them going head to head was quite because he's he's just kind of so fast talking yes. and Oppenheimer's just more like <laughs> Chris Nolan's like yes yeah. <laughs> get this runtime. Oppenheimer's more just like you know he'll consider his answer before saying anything yes. and I, I thought it was, it was a good contrast to them but I could easily see if you told me someone else was going to be cast and wasn't, that would have been better. I'd be like, that's fair. I wouldn't say he's the only person that could No, be yeah. Um, Matt Damon, he's the standout for Add me. Adds some energy, doesn't he? He's great. I, I said, I don't think I can settle into this movie until Matt Damon comes on board because he's just like, he's just an average American dude who's just put here because he has to be there. Yeah. And all these scientists talking fast. He wants it, to go fight France. Just, yeah, he's just, he's just kind of like, slow down what he's like no just cop on and like he's yeah. the only person talking sense for a while yeah. and um, I really I, I thought he was great and when you consider the fact that he was supposed to he was telling his wife he was going to take a break from acting and yeah. other, uh, uh, but only would go back if Chris Nolan called and he did 
excellent. I think he's unbelievable, unbelievable, well cast, but also gives a great performance in it. And I'd say if anyone from this movie deserves the supporting actor nominee, I don't think he does anything that's too out of his wheelhouse. But in terms of the context of this movie, yeah. I think he brings so much to it. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, yeah, the one thing for me is is just on some of the. Um, side characters i could have used more european-based actors that was my other point what's Cre- what's kenneth branagh doing playing Niels yeah. Bohr? what's benny safty doing playing yeah like I, I i was trying to list out some names of of, of european actors like i mean mads mickelson you could have had um dane to hand played american never mind dane, uh what's your man's name the daniel brule you could have had anyone from all quiet on the western front I'm trying to think of french actors Vincent Cassell. <laughs> I just, but like, yeah, no, hundred percent, I agree because they they didn't need to be big names. Yeah, no one's the big name. Yeah, that's all you need. You didn't need a you need need a stacked supporting cast. Yeah, which and I, I feel like what, there's enough names there yeah. that you're gonna get people in in anyway. So, so yeah, yeah, I, I I don't particularly get it. I know it was during COVID, so it might have been hard to get people over. Yeah. So who's to say? What I will also say about those other characters is um the actors who they did cast some great redemption roles within those. Yeah, Alden Ehrenreich. Brilliant. Like off, off, it drops off the planet after Solo, yeah. comes back and does this. Yeah, great role, and it's a Not perfect much little. Do, yeah, but enough to for to show an agent to be yeah. like, he's he's still he never lost it. Yeah, he just was and tied he, up in Solo. He adds a lot of context to his scenes as well, yeah. and he's he's almost like the the voice of the the audience in yeah. and the voice of reason in in those scenes, which was really good. Uh, Josh Harnett, very Harnett. good. Great. Yeah. Another guy. He's really having off. a redemption story. Yeah, but that's this what, year. these people who dropped yeah. off. Jason Clark. Uh, he yeah. didn't really drop off. Uh, we've talked about the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Dane DeHaan, brilliantly Perfect, yeah. evil in this. Yeah. So so good. Again, yeah. maybe another victim from uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man movies. movies yeah. But like, there was these few actors. That- Josh Peck. <laughs> no less. <laughs> Doesn't get a huge amount to do. No, but, again, but he's like in his, his little scenes. Enough to be like, this is the sort of actor acting I want to do. Yeah. And I really, I really like to see them in this when yeah. like Nolan could have got some other big names to play these roles yeah. like the the, the 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 Josh Hartnett character could have been I don't know Bradley Cooper yeah <laughs> okay I don't know I'm just trying to think no of he, to and like. he was great and again he he adds a new dynamic to uh so it gets very political when when Oppenheimer is working in Berkeley mm-hmm. and again um Josh Hartnett adds lends a, an almost a devil's advocate role to, to what Oppenheimer kind of wants to do with the yeah. faculty in, in, in Berkeley and, and work with students and stuff. It's, it is very interesting. Um, the, the whole political element of that. But yeah, uh, so like, I think <laughs> I think one thing that's, it's it's worth, it's, it's worth maybe acknowledging but not particularly criticising maybe is that like, there's no diversity in this movie in any way, shape or form. There's no. one black dude but then again, that's the setting of the time. Well, that's that would always be my, my point is it was over its yeah. time. No, uh, you can't, no, I think it's, it's, it's just a bit like I feel like, but also from like predominantly a female perspective, yeah. Chris Nolan can't write, write women. Yeah. <laughs> I still stand by that. I know he, there was a great scene with Emily Blunt, but it's not I couldn't tell you anything Florence Pugh said and yeah. I couldn't tell you anything else Emily Blunt said before that. Yeah. There is a, there's a female character in it who has a nice quip about, asked if she knows how to type and she yeah. goes, they didn't teach that when I was learning chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's great. But again, context of its time and... um it is it's it, like I said earlier it's not great watching the, this and Barbie back to back because yeah. if you already had negative connotations towards men after Barbie Oppenheimer's not going to fix that because there's a <laughs> lot of white dudes doing bad things I did have one question the Bechtel test what is the, the what is the oh, criteria no way, for Bechtel now. it's two named two women who have names yeah speaking to each other not about men okay once or multiple times 
I think once, but it's you'd be surprised because everybody. there's a bit in it where uh, Oppenheimer's secretary calls Kitty Oppenheimer. So, uh, oh, about the sheets, about the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> the secretary doesn't have a name though. I don't know because I, I feel like uh, <laughs> David. David. I'm not. I'm, I'm just. It was came up on the uh, on a, there is a letterbox. Website. Someone said like this definitely doesn't pass the Bechdel test, and I was just. It just came to me. I was like, could there be a? But there definitely is. There's a website for this. One yeah. Second. Let me see. Does Barbie pass it? <laughs> oh man, come on! Uh, what? Fa- this this podcast already far too long. Barbie passes it. Oppenheim is not on the list for some reason. It's not on. What was the last to- one before Barbie, or last one that we've seen before? Uh, it's it's. This is a shit website. Um, it only does it. So Super Mario, uh, Tetris did, oh. Cross Spider Verse did, Scream did, of course. No Hard Feelings did. Nimona did. Mission Impossible does. Mission Impossible does. I suppose yeah. The Vanessa Kirby character. Vanessa and Kirby and the Little Mermaid. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. Um, Indiana Jones doesn't. That's fair. Uh, Fast X does. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. The Flash doesn't. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, Charlize. Oh, yeah. Rodriguez. yeah. Drag- uh, uh, Evil Dead Rise does. Drag- Dungeons and Dragons does. Creed 3 does. Does the daughter count? Because that's not oh, fair. Wow. <laughs> Cocaine Bear does. Barbie does. Are You There, God? It's me. Margaret does. Air doesn't. 65 doesn't. Ant-Man. Quantumania does. Yeah, it's not the best website, but um, yeah, there you go. Sorry, just it, apparently it's an interesting side. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, anything else on Oppenheimer? Uh, else, I don't think I probably this is probably recency bias, but I think it's my favorite movie of the year. Wow! Uh, but again, as I said, it's it's totally in my wheelhouse. I studied physics. I love politics. I love World War Two. You I always love, said you always said it should have gone on longer. You said I you love, can't wait for it to end. I love bombs. <laughs> yeah, I am a bomb. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I'm still making my mind up on it. Yeah. I'm either floating between a four and a four and a half. I probably should give it a four and a half, but I'm just like... Absolutely not for everyone, I will say that. No, 100%. And just... I wouldn't be like, don't don't go to the cinema. Like, I would say, I was saying this to my sister, because she hasn't seen either yet. And I was like, she was. it was either her, her and her boyfriend were deciding on which one. I was like, look, if you're going for a meal and a couple of drinks and you want to go see a movie after... I would kind of say Barbie just because yeah. it's like lighter lighter yeah. but if you're actually if you want to go see a movie and like that's all you're kind of doing that day in yeah. a way don't don't eat anything <laughs> don't eat anything this is going to be a meal itself yeah exactly three course meal itself but yeah so like this is like a this is this is you're not doing anything after I feel yeah. maybe I don't know I went home straight after so yeah. I couldn't sleep <laughs> <laughs> you're worried about bombs um, what if they decide to just fire one now <laughs> there you go they could they right Shall we talk about August, David? What have we got? We've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mania. That's technically out July, but it came out yesterday. <laughs> so we, we don't have it in time. Yeah. It looks like a fun Spider-Verse equivalent yeah. of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Actual kids playing the... Actual kids, not Michael Bay. Mutant Ninja Turtles. Has like Seth Rogen, Jackie Chan, Rose Byrne, stacked voice cast. John Cena. John Cena. Look forward to that. Yeah. The Meg 2. Have you seen the first one? Nope. I watched it in a hostel in Singapore. It's fine. The Hostel or Meg? Both. There you go. <laughs> um, what you call it? Joyride. I've heard good things yeah. about this. It's about four Asian American friends travel through Asia in search of one of their birth mothers and along the way their experience becomes more one becomes one of bonding, friendship, belonging and no no holes barred debauchery. Crazy rich Asians with more drugs, I think. Ooh. I've always said that movie needed more drugs. Uh, Gran Turismo, David. Also coming out in August. Can't wait. It's about the ultimate wish fulfillment tale of a gra- of a teenager. This is another one, right? This the trailer was on yesterday. I've fucking seen the whole film. Yeah. It's, it's like, about a kid who's really good at PlayStation and then they let him drive the car for real. 
Like I've seen the whole movie. I've actually not seen the trailer. The trailer was on yesterday, ah, and it's, that's why you got to come just for the, uh, yeah. Yeah. the I, trailer. That was another thing I shouldn't have gone the into. The Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, I've seen that as well. I haven't, I haven't seen the trailer for it, oh. but I know Lily's sister's boyfriend told me that when he was watching Oppenheimer, they played it, and he wished he didn't see it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was another one. But yeah, I I should just, especially when the, the movie is three hours, stay out of the cinema as long as you can. That's <laughs> yeah. a bit of advice. <laughs> there you go. Um, Gran Turismo, I have. No expectations. I'm just yeah. going for a fun time. Video game movie. Mm, we'll no expectations. Uh, Haunted Mansion. I've heard nothing but bad things. Muck. Great cast though. Yeah. But I feel Pity. like... But like this is what I mean when I was talking about the success of Barbenheimer where I'm like, isn't it great to have new original ideas from very experienced and creative talents and then Disney like, mm-hmm. So we have a ride called The Haunted Mansion and we're going to make a movie about that. <laughs> like nonsense. nonsense. I know where it's Pirates of the Caribbean didn't work with Jungle Cruise didn't work with Tomorrow Haunted Mansion Land. the last time they did it didn't work with Tomorrowland what are they thinking yeah. anyway uh, Blue Beetle Contest. set to be the lowest opening weekend of a DC movie yeah rightly so <laughs> looks mug yeah looks Gr- like they should just put it on the CW Max yeah there you go uh, I'd love for it to be good I'd love it to be very funny I know nothing of it other than it looks balls yeah Sigourney Weaver's in it no Susan Sarandon's in it <laughs> so one or the other <laughs> I'm so sorry. I've seen Barbie. I could say that. <laughs> Again. What was the last good movie Susan Sarandon did? She and Still Alice. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> and the last movie to talk about in August. Strays, David. I thought it was coming out in June. It's actually coming out in August pending WGA postponement strikes and whatever like that it looks awful but it has a really good director and writer and it's got Will Ferrell who's in my good books now after Barbie Um, Jamie Foxx Jamie Foxx nearly died nearly died he's back he's still alive now and uh, other people Will Forte's in it love him Um, oh I watched Extraordinary by the way I need to talk to you about that the series yeah but he's he's also in a movie called Extraordinary it's set in Ireland where Killy Murphy's from and Pierce Brosnan <laughs> it's all connected David uh, but Strays is about two talk is about talking dogs and Will Forte has a dog played by Will Ferrell it's CGI it's not real he's not, does not, he's not playing a dog in it but he's a bit of a dog if you know what I mean and he uh, basically loses his owner or the owner gets rid of him and then him and other Strays be like hey we're gonna get back at our owner's name sounds good out of those movies what are you most excited to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and out of June what's the best movie <laughs> July, sorry. July. Uh, Oppenheimer. There you go. Again, personal preference. There you go. Right, David, that's episode 100. That's... that's In the books. The best month in cinema, according to the internet. Is it? There you go. The box office. Yeah, probably, I don't know. Just hype. Cool. There you go. Sounds good. Well, thanks again. This is your 30th episode, by the way. How long is that contract going for? It's expired now, David. It's expired. You're free. I'm free. Oh, wait, I have a sock to give you. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, I was delighted to be on to talk about some good movies some good, for once <laughs> for once <laughs> um, but yeah thank you David thank you listener this has been fun doing these podcasts but I'm taking a bit of a break uh, it's been a lot I've had, I've had a fun time doing them at 100 episodes I think that's enough David I feel yeah. like when I've done more episodes than like Father Ted and Black Books combined that's a good time to stop you know what I mean mm, I, I, I see that yeah you know what I mean uh, but yeah no I, I've had a lot of fun doing this very fun I've, I've enjoyed that one, to be able to have people on to talk about movies, which I love doing with my mates. But then also, <laughs> strange enough, having people being interested in that. But then also having people come to me with their thoughts on stuff. That was the weird side effect of this podcast I never thought I'd get. So Nonsense. I'm a really big fan of that. But yeah, I'm just going to take a break. This is like, a, okay, I'm done for now. But it's 
emphasis on for now because what you call it we're, we we talk about movies from Hollywood and Hollywood is notorious for taking something that's done and dusted and then fucking digging it up rebuilding Top Gun Maverick what was that about you know what I mean that was like 30 years maybe who knows so yeah um, it's a goodbye for now so but I, I just want to take this time to say thank you to everyone who kind of like helped with the podcast it's been a pleasure Oh, not you. Oh, oh you've been a burden. Yeah. <laughs> Every, it's, been a, it's, a, it's been a pleasure to be in your presence. Oh, well, that, rightly so. I have nothing bad to say because that's just accurate. No one has it. Uh, but no, I, like David, no, I really appreciate you. This has been like, we've done this for like since, consecutively since like January or nearly December 2021. Class. Like every month. Yeah. No fails. No misses. We're still alive. We're still alive, no less. Yeah, that, Pesky COVID or atomic bombs haven't gone us yet. <laughs> they haven't dropped the bomb. Uh, but also, I do need to thank everyone else who came onto the podcast, like Owen, John, Lily, Circa, Keen, Orla, Mark, Charlotte, Daniel, Alice, Barry, Dan, Emma, Emmett, and James Pender. A lot of people did this. I swindled a lot of people into taking up their time to talk about movies. Uh, but also, I also want to give a special shout out to our good friend Luke, who did record an episode, but the audio got corrupted and it was such a traumatizing experience. He never did it again. So I do want to take time to thank him for that. There's also people like Neve Roy and Sinead who actually never came on the podcast, but actually helped me a lot with it. So I think it's only fair to give them a shout out as well. But like I said, most importantly, the people who listen to it, because I wouldn't keep doing it. Or would I? Who's to say? Are you insane enough just to listen to your own? I voice? have set up 50 different link, uh, Spotify accounts. But no, for people listening and then like coming back and giving us feedback and liking the Instagram posts and whatever like that, that's been great. So I really appreciated that as well. But yeah. Cool. Also, I might, set, I might make this a separate episode just so people know it's done because I know people might be like, I don't care what's coming out in August. And then they miss the, not the announcement. It's an announcement. Yeah, I suppose. It's yeah. done. Sad times. It's not the end. Yeah. It's just the, It's just done for now. It's just done for now. But I just want to say goodbye. End of the beginning. Mmm. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say there's a hundred more of these to go. Uh but yeah, I thought of no better way to wrap this up by saying, uh this is Reading the Piers, where I've gotten some of my very good friends on to chat about and discuss all sorts of movies. My name's been Gary O'Brien. Thanks for sticking around. I hope you've enjoyed. I'm gonna sing and I'm gonna sing.